Welcome to Talkin' Star Wars. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Join your hosts, Robin Vogt and Scott Inch, as they explore all aspects. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, Let the Wookiee win. From a galaxy far, far away. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I've been waiting for you all be long. We meet again. Welcome back to Talking Star Wars here from the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network here. And sitting across the way from me is a guy who I've always wanted to talk Star Wars with. We're welcome to have him on the show tonight. It's the Imperial Talker himself, Mr. Jeff Cagle. How's it going tonight, Jeff? It's it's going really well. Uh, I'm very happy at the moment that the Villanova Wildcats are the number one seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. So I am I am riding a high right now. So you caught me at a good time. <laughs> but Jeff, I'm going to throw it right back to you. What was the main thing for you? Because the show is called Talking Star Wars, so it makes right, sense. Right. We throw it over to you, and we talk a little bit of Star Wars here. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, where where to begin? Well, um, I think that the best place to start is we we have a a movie coming out and presumably <laughs> next month maybe we're gonna get a trailer for it when celebration rolls around yeah. i don't know there's there's some uh there's been some some rumors the last couple days that that some people with disney got to to see or hear some of the some of the first clips from the last jedi and and i have to say like i'm i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody i'm not gonna say what was said in it but I honestly, I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. I'm just excited to see a trailer for it. I'm I'm ready to know what the what in the H uh, Ray and and Luke are going to get into. What's going to happen with Kylo Ren? So I think we should talk about the Last Jedi a little bit. Perfect segue right into what I thought we would lead off the show with, and that truly is the Last Jedi and everything happening i mean like you said jeff there's been a lot of speculation going around people have come out of disney meetings and all these uh i guess you could say investors got to see what seems to be a little clip of something that maybe we'll see a little bit later in april as well but from what it sounds like and it looks like with the last jedi we're gonna be focusing around one specific character a lot uh and his name is mr luke skywalker now in terms of his story progression here i know you and i are big theorists we love to break down the theories surrounding where these characters might be heading as we get through the last jedi through episode nine and even into the canon content at some point when it comes to luke skywalker jeff the last jedi really i feel is going to be focused around this one character i I know we've seen so many translations of the last jedi because we didn't know whether it was singular or plural (laughs) but luke skywalker himself is really going to be a focus in this the thing that i don't know if this is something that they're going to give us in the last jedi i want to know why luke has gone back to a metallic hand after having sort of the synthetic skin over the the mechanical hand um at the end of you know at the end of uh the empire strikes back and obviously he takes the the shot in return of the jedi on on jabba's uh his, his sail barge but i want to know like i'm i'm just really interested in that like what compelled luke to go to that to, to to either go back to having a hand that looks like his father's first hand that he got after you know an attack of the clones like is there some connection there some symbolic connection that they're trying to tell us there or am i just reading too much into it <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know i thought it was really interesting that the first time we see luke we see we see we literally see him with that metallic hand and that mechanical hand 
pull back his hood to look at Ray. And then, you know, we all went nuts in the theater as it ended. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're not even going to get to hear him talk. But I want to, I want to know, I want to know like, what, what is it about this hand? Why has he gone back to this? What has happened to him in that process? Did he, maybe he, maybe, I don't know, maybe Kylo Ren cut off that hand. And so he went back to this. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? This is my man right here, Jeff Cagle, breaking down these theories left and right. I love it. So probably just looking at this, um, I just came off of, uh, of recently, I've just been kind of binge watching. If we get something about The Last Jedi, I watch a little bit of Force Awakens and I even go as far back as watching Return of the Jedi at times just to kind of see Luke's story progression at the end there. And as we know, a lot happened between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi with Luke. He experienced stuff very similar to yeah, Ray, yeah, where he had to explore definitely. the Force himself. He had to explore it in a very different way than maybe even what Yoda had taught him at, at parts. Yeah, yeah. And if you're talking about the metallic hand, the first thing I go back to on the second Death Star, when he cuts off uh, his father's hand and he sees the mechanics and then he looks down at his own hands. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just... I'm just wondering, like you said, Jeff, if there's a symbolic connection between that, like to honor his father, he he removed the skin from his hand as almost a way of saying, you know what? I have to live with this now. Vader mm -hmm. was my father. Yeah, yeah. I still have yeah. to remember him as this good soul. He wasn't all dark. I was able to turn him in the end. Right, right. More of a symbolic reason to it. Yeah, no, I think I th I think that's definitely a good read on it. I I mean, you know, there's so much, and and I think that some of this, the the clarity around this, and and other things about Luke, obviously are going to come out in The Last Jedi. But I think that it's safe to say that they're they're probably, and they're meaning the people at Disney, the Star Wars story group, so on and so forth, that they are holding off on giving us details about Luke between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens because he didn't really factor into The Force Awakens and they need to hold off really building his character until we see him on the screen again. And now I, I know that there's some people, someone wrote a, a great piece for my my site, the Imperial Talker, um, just as a guest post that was literally titled, so what's Luke been up to? Like, mm. like we don't know what Luke has been up to. And, you know, if you're a fan of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, um, Luke was, he was out there doing stuff constantly. Like the day after Endor, he's he's going off to 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 Baccarat to to fight the uh, an alien invasion, and he's I mean he's 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 all over the galaxy constantly. He's putting together the new Jedi Academy. So there's a lot of intrigue, there's a lot of mystery surrounding who what he's been doing, and so things like his hand and and you know things like um, you know his new robes, where he got his new robes, these white robes. Um, you know, there's so there's so many little details that that we're definitely going to start finding out in the last jedi but are also going to be revealed to us over time in these in these books and these stories and i'm sure that they have planned for for after the last jedi comes out yeah one of the things i talk about here i'm talking star wars with my friend scott inch over in the uk who we've just added on to the podcast network this year and has been awesome because he brings in the insight from overseas what people are hearing in Europe, in the UK, a lot of yeah, the news yeah. happening over there. And one of the things that he brought up to me, and we're real, we are real canon insiders. We love to break down the comic <laughs> books and everything. And one specific comic book series is the Shattered Empire comics. And that comic series, Jeff, is that not only did kind of go into the expanded universe in a way, because it picks up right after Endor and it has Luke right. going on this journey with the Damrons, of course, who, of course, Shara Bay is pregnant with Poe Dameron at this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it makes makes it so much more fascinating and one of these things I love talking about this with people and I want to hear your thoughts on this oh man 
is the presence of force trees. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. Because I know we've seen some leaked pictures a while ago from the episode eight set that show the Millennium Falcon in front of a tree on this hill that seemed to be either cut down or burnt down. The Empire comic line, we know Luke when he was going to search for the next, for the first Jedi temple, he had a force tree with him and he wanted yeah. to spread them yeah across the galaxy. Right, right. The significance of Force Trees, I think, in Episode Eight is going to be fantastic. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And you know, the, the interesting thing about that is, is as somebody with a background and as a teacher um, of religious studies and theology um, and mythology, I, I am really fascinated with the, the use of the, the force tree as, as this symbolic mythical um, theme in the story. And so, so I guess there's really that I sort of approach the issue of the force tree in two different ways. So, so internally within the canon, I think that the fact that you have Luke in Shattered Empire searching for this tree or the, the the sort of the remains of this tree that were in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant that we see in the Clone Wars um, and, and just a couple of scenes, which is very, very cool. Um, I, I think that there's a really profound um, connection there. This this really profound connection between who Luke is now as the returned Jedi, if you will, in the days after Endor, who is now trying to literally piece together what remains of the old order now that Yoda is dead. So he is he's literally going out, and he needs to to like you said, he had to come into his own after you know he had to almost learn his way into the Jedi order you know with yoda yoda couldn't teach him everything obi-wan couldn't teach him everything so this idea that he is going out and he is finding what remains of the jedi anything that he could find in this this living presence of that former order that was crushed by his father is really really profound now that being said and i know this is very long-winded um <laughs> from a mythic standpoint here's the thing that i really really love about the force tree the force tree is an axis moon it's a it's a it's a world um it's a world point an axis mundi just really simple an axis mundi in mythology is where literally the divine breaks into the world into sort of the human realm um you think of norse mythology and the yggdrasil um you think of uh you could think of holy mount you know as as an axis mundi and in the ancient world um the axis mundi you know the the existence was on a plane you know and so the entire world revolved around the axis mundi well if you think about the force tree and where it was initially and i don't know if this was intentional on the part of the creators of the clone wars or not but the but you literally have the the force tree sitting at the heart of the jedi temple which is itself an axis mundi. It is a place where the divine, where the gods, if you will, the Jedi, break into the the human realm or the 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 mundane world. So you literally have the sacred breaking into the to to the world at that point. And so in in ancient stories, you would always have um, you know heroes 
going on these journeys to find the Axis Mundi, to reach that spot. Um, and when they would find it, they would have, you know, you think of the Buddha sitting under, or Siddhartha sitting under the uh, the Bodhi tree. And that would be the Axis Mundi for, for Buddhists. And they, you know, and that's where he has his, his, um, his experience and he becomes the Buddha. So I'm really, really fascinated by, by this idea. And I'm sure that I could go on about this forever. I could probably turn this into a lecture if I wanted to. <laughs> but this idea of, of this mythic element being used in Star Wars, and now, like you said in The Last Jedi, it looks like that tree is going to be on that is where the Jedi originated from almost like a returning to the sacred, getting back to sort of the roots of who the Jedi are. Yeah, and that's a story arc I think that not only did, and it's so fascinating because coming off the 2012 when Disney bought Lucasfilm and everything, I was really worried that we were going to lose that aspect of the George Lucas Star Wars. The yeah, real almost yeah. religious connection to the real world that we see right. and, the, and the referencing. Right. I totally believe that Disney is doing this because the fans want it. It's what the fans have been craving in Star Wars for quite some time now. And we see it in the expanded universe. I mean, when you're talking about Luke's story there, I mean, he was picking up relics along the way in the expanded right. universe. Right. Very similar to what the Empire did after its fall. It was making sure that it reserved its relics so that when the First Order did rise, it had a plan at some point. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, you guys, and you guys can read about that in a certain book. I'm not going to spoil that, but you can read our <laughs> review of that um, on the network. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Without going into that too far, um, trees, I feel it's something that I, and it sounds like you have as well, have kept in the back of our minds for some time now oh, definitely, um, definitely. that connect in some way or form. Now, how that connects to Ray is going to be so fascinating, whether it's going to be a teaching um, point for her or whether she's going to find a connection with these trees since the Force awakened within her in episode seven. What do you feel Ray's connection to the Force is going to be? And I hear a lot of people talking about possibly her, not necessarily necessarily being trained as a Jedi term I'm, I'm not always a fan of using but as a gray almost right in the middle hmm oh man um you know I I one of the things that that sort of struck me about Ray is when she when she approaches Luke in that final scene and and um, you, you almost wonder, you ha you have to wonder like what's going through her mind. Like in some sense, she's probably terrified. Like she's, she just right. came off of this battle with, with Kylo Ren. You know, there, there's a lot has happened to Rey in the last couple days at this point or, or a couple weeks, however you interpret the time. Um, and so, so she had been captured and then she helped destroy the base and she watched Han die, you know, and she fights Kylo Ren. So I, I wonder what is going through her mind in that moment and on the flip side of that when when luke looks at her and this is this is getting now to to what i think is going to happen with ray is i almost wonder if luke based on his the, just the way he's looking at her if he can sense sort of the the darkness in her um some Ooh. sliver of darkness in her, that that he is aware at this now that he is the elder Jedi or the 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 elder wise man, uh, the wizard, if you will, that that uh, he is to Rey what Kenobi was to him. Um, if he is maybe looking at her and thinking, you know, I sense something about this girl. There obviously this awakening that happened. He had to have sensed it as well. If if Supreme Leader Snoke had sensed it and Kylo Ren had sensed it, and so I I cannot help but wonder if maybe he's looking at her and, and is 
he has mixed feelings. Like, you know, am I prepared to train somebody else? There's probably some animosity on Luke's part. But on the mm. flip side, I almost, I wonder if, if he can sense like there is some sense of darkness in her and I need to be really careful about what's going to happen with her. Now, in terms of whether she becomes a Jedi or not, hell if I know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, you know, you almost wonder, and, and this is something I have like thought about just sort of, sort of wide frame is, is it time to retire the Jedi from the galaxy? Is it time for the Jedi or Luke? And maybe this is why Luke disappeared. Maybe he recognizes that the Jedi actually caused more harm than good in the galaxy in the long run. That their 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 presence actually invited violence and invited challenge from the Sith and maybe from any other dark side users. So so I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going to happen with Ray, but I, I'm 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 almost more interested in what you know. Going back to to what we just talked about about Luke, what's going to happen with Luke? What is he thinking? How is he thinking about a wise in that regard? Mm, yeah, you bring up a really good point in there, which is Luke's story truly in episode. Eight is really going to be Obi-Wan-esque in many ways. Mm -hmm. That, you know, much like what Obi-Wan sensed in Luke, Luke may sense in Rey that, you know, Luke Skywalker obviously had that pull from both sides. Kylo Ren had that pull from both sides. Um, whether Rey has that pull from both sides, again, like you said it beautifully, we say it here on the podcast network all the time, we don't pretend to know everything. Right. <laughs> and break it down. And the, the beauty of what you said was that it is continuing story, but just a very different format in some ways. Yeah, it's continuing yeah, the same yeah. trends, but it's putting it in different characters. And like you said, this could be the last we see of the true Jedi, as we remember from the old Republic up until the original Republic. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. What would you say, the Sheev reign? I guess <laughs> I don't right, know what people call right, it. Right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever you call it. Yeah, but it's, there's just so much progression, I think, as we head towards Episode 8. And come Star Wars Celebration this year, I think we're going to know a lot more right around that time in April. Well, we're going to have a lot more to speculate about and be wrong about in the long run. <laughs> we're all going to misinterpret right. everything we see. <laughs> so, but you know, and, 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 and just a little side note, you know... I, I know that The Last Jedi is going to focus so much on Rey and, and Luke, and then obviously probably on Kylo Ren as well. But I'm really, man, I'm really interested to see what happens with Finn. I thought John Boyega in The Force Awakens was just absolutely out of this world. And, and you know, that's... that. That's not to take anything away from Daisy Ridley and what she does as Ray, but I just, if there was one character in that movie that I just, I just wanted, I wanted more of Finn. I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to know more about what he's thinking because he's, he's just such a genuinely good person. And, and you just, you just everything, just, I don't know what it was. There's just like, I just connected with him immediately. I just, I just really loved interacting with that character. And every time I rewatch The Force Awakens, he's really the, the motivating factor for me. I want to, I want to see him again. And then, you know, I, I like his bromance with Poe as well. It's pretty, you know, everybody, I think everybody loves the, the Finn, the Finn Poe bromance at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that on t-shirts already. Yeah. Oh man, that would be, I'm going to buy that t-shirt in two seconds if I see that one. Um, but I mean, you bring up a really good point there, Jeff, is that Finn, in, in perspective here, let's, let's talk about this. In perspective, when you're talking about The Force Awakens, helping Poe 
A lot of this doesn't happen. Right. A lot right. of this does not happen. And John yeah. Boyega, first of all, to take that English accent and to try to work on an American accent, <laughs> that, that that alone <laughs> deserves enough credit. That um, would have been funny to get... hear an English stormtrooper, but I guess right, they didn't right. want they that. that for Dan... They, they kind of saved that for Daniel Craig quietly, I guess, yeah. <laughs> with uh, Daisy Ridley there. But, um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, just to try to mark that down and to just see that progression of Finn. And maybe this is me just coming off of Empire's End, reading the book and everything. But this is really no spoiler in any way for the book as well about the First Order in that book. Obviously, we get to know yeah. more about yeah. what their progression is as a follow-up to the Empire. And just to find out the story of really where the First Order trooper came from, story mm-hmm. that much more re- remarkable. And the the kind of things that he had to go through. I mean, even the young um, the young novel that talks about um what is that before the awakening and we get to see finn's progression in terms of how he re- is around the rest of his comrades just before heading into battle i mean yeah. jakku was his first major battle to go into so just to see that quick turnaround with him and to know how really human he is i, I yeah. haven't seen that in star wars in quite some time yeah and i mean i i think the parallel i guess would be maybe maybe captain rex or some mm. of the clone troopers that end up having their chips removed and that's that's another story right there that we really don't know that much about and I, I would presume they're going to give it to us at some point there's just this really and and talking about the first order and sort of where they come from i'm really i'm personally really fascinated by by this progression that you see from the clone troopers to the stormtroopers you know from from an army that is bred with these chips in their head that are going to be used to destroy the jedi and take over the galaxy to volunteer soldiers to this setup where you have um where you have uh General Hux's father, um, who is the commandant of the the academy on, on Arcanus, um, and he's working with the Grand Inquisitor, mm. and and you know this so this connection between the Inquisitorius and then these these sort of brainwashed children, and then you see that playing out in Empire's End, and so that sort of leads the way for what we're going to see Finn and how remarkable it is then that Finn maybe through the fact that he's just got something about him. Like just whatever intuition he has or whatever, wherever he came from, he Ooh. had a good seed in him. And so just this, it's really fascinating. And then obviously right after he he jumps ship, if you will, with Poe, you have Kylo Ren talking to General Hux and is like, maybe I su- should suggest to Snoke that we have a clone army. Like, so this, <laughs> this, this full circle, like maybe we should just go right back to what we know worked in the first place. Yeah, that's... And I have to admit that not only was that a humorous line for me, but probably like you, I over-speculated on it. I was like, oh, God, wait, yes. does that mean Snoke was around during the Clone Wars? Does that mean Snoke was the one who initiated <laughs> Is Snoke Sifo-Dyas? No, that, that's not exactly what it was at all. But um, <laughs> there was just so much theorizing based on that. When you're talking about the troopers alone and everything, I'm going to be very fascinated to see what they look like in Episode Eight. whether they're yeah. going to be the same, yeah. whether we're going to see the First Order go back now that Finn um, rebelled against the First Order and joined the resistance whether they're going to go back and train these uh, these troopers in a different way yeah um i know there's plenty of leaks out there that people can go and find about possibly what's (laughs) going to happen just be very careful i've run into a couple already (laughs) just be very careful on social media yeah. when you're looking up things because you can run into something that just kind of blows your mind at times. Yeah, and you know, on the on the First Order note, um, I, I think that that you would agree with me and I I, I would hope that 100% of other people would agree with me. We need to have more Captain 
Phantasma in this movie oh, coming up. Geez. We she Gwendolyn yes. Christie was they promoted the hell out of Captain Phasma with toys and everything, and then she's nowhere. <laughs> she's nowhere to be found <laughs> in this movie at times. She does a couple of cool things. She has a couple of cool lines, and that's it. Like, come on, yeah. give us more of this badass Chrome Stormtrooper. Yeah, she was meant to be a, a much more larger role than what they had maybe planned. I, I don't know, but maybe episode eight, they're going to take her out of that garbage compactor that suddenly she was able to get out of in some story <laughs> right, within right, the canon somewhere right. and is able to return to the First Order in Hux. Um, and I don't know. It's going to be just to... And let me just say this. Let me just say it. You don't bring Gwendolyn Christie on for that much time. You don't bring exactly. a major actress on yeah, for that much yeah. time. Somebody who is seen in Game of Thrones as this like real power-hungry, very powerful figure. Um, and and yeah. to bring her into Star Wars and to kind of lessen it a little bit. And again, you said it, the toys. Force Friday. Captain Phasma was the thing every kid had to have from yeah. The Force Awakens. Yeah. Every, every kid I was in Toys R Us on Force Friday. Mom, Dad, I got to get a Captain Phasma big thing. I got to get a Captain Phasma black series. I mean, it's like, and maybe we'll see something in Episode 8. And I really do for the hope that it actually becomes something within the future of Star Wars canon. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I, I think that there's so much potential to to give us her backstory and and I know that she she's popped up uh, a little bit here and there um, you know in the before the awakening and the Poe comic um, but you know there there's a lot of room there to to really build her as a character and I'm I you know I'm personally I'm of the opinion that she she's the type of character that she probably deserves her own like five part comic series um, maybe a book devoted to her or or maybe just uh, you know a book about the first order that that centers around her in a lot of ways um now now that being said that is me wishing more <clears throat> for her as a character but i really want more for her on screen and i think that's really what's important we need to see this really really amazing actress you know step up and really you know there and here's the thing the first order and the resistance they are about to beat the heck out of each other. There is going to yeah. be some blood. The First Order is going to be out for blood after losing Starkiller Base. The Resistance slash whatever's left of the Republic and Republic Fleet is going to be out for blood. I want to see her leading a division of Stormtroopers against a division of Resistance soldiers and them just blasting each other the hell. Totally, I think. And I guess that would kind of match the tone of what we've heard with Episode 8. I mean, Ryan yeah, Johnson yeah. is somebody who has a lot of experience, very dark feeling to films. Mm -hmm. I think... I think what you're saying is perfect. I think if you're going to put Phasma in that role, it's kind of similar to what we, I guess you could say with Vader, we wanted to finally see him in Rogue One take out some people. We want to see Phasma take out some people too. Right, it's, right. It's, it's on a put, very similar line. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be a perfect, uh, you know, obviously you couldn't put her in this scene, but I could just as easily, like in Rogue One, take Vader out of that scene and put Phasma into that scene. Oh, and yeah. And see her just huh. blasting away, you know. Um, like gunslinging it through the hallway. <laughs> so let's see that. Let's come on. Give us that. Give us Phasma just taking some resistance soldiers out left and right. So if, if we see something, Jeff, I'm just going to lay this on the line with you right now. If we hear that there are episode eight reshoots suddenly tomorrow morning, we know exactly where it came from. It came from talking Star Wars here tonight. Absolutely. Mr. Jeff Cagle Absolutely. of the Imperial Talker. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about tonight, and it's your latest or one of your latest articles about your Snoke theory doesn't suck. Now, yeah, yeah. And this is something we focus on 
on here at the podcast network itself as well. And it's something that the Star Wars community um, has really started to embrace, especially certain people, um, is the positivity message. Yeah. And you really bring this out in your article that just because you have a Snoke theory um, doesn't mean you're always going to get criticism for it. It means that you can look at it constructively, you can do your research, any theory you want, and that's fine. It's it's 100% fine to do it right, because right. that's what Star Wars is. It's the theorizing, it's the breakdown, it's the discussion, and there has Absolutely. to be a focus on yeah. that positivity. And you bring that out beautifully in your article. I have to say we've shared it here on the podcast network with many people, and they say great things about it. But I just kind of want your breakdown, basically, if people haven't read it yet. Um, what is this? What's the central focus of this article, and how can this be a outline for really more positive articles heading forward in the Star Wars community? You know, and it it's sort of a bigger a bigger thing than just with Snoke, I guess. Mm. Um, since I started blogging about Star Wars, and and you know when I when I started the Imperial Talker. I I wasn't on Twitter. I I was you know I was a Facebook fiend, but since then I've gotten rid of Facebook um, just for personal reasons. Um, you know I I do what I do, and my and I share my my enjoyment of Star Wars first and foremost from for myself. Like I love that people come to my site, and 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 I love going to other people's sites. I love interacting with people on Twitter. Uh, I love interacting with people in the comment section uh, of my site and other sites. And, I, and I've and i always been the type, and, and maybe this is the teacher in me, um, who has always tried to, to have a positive message, to, to even if I disagree with somebody, um, to to do so in a way that, that is thoughtful, that is, uh, that is still open-minded, um, and that is compassion. And I think that that's really important, um, just across the board. Doesn't it, like, whether in Star Wars or not, like, that's just an important thing that I have to teach my my students uh about life um and and you know especially being somebody who studies religion uh when i teach about different religions i have to make sure that my students you know when they start sharing ideas that they're doing so respectfully and that they hear that they're hearing the other person they're really engaging with the other person rather than just waiting to to just say whatever they want to say um and i'm sure that as a as a teacher as well and having done student teaching or in whatever capacity you've you've run into that as well at times um and you know so when i when i wrote that piece the first thing that really the thing that was in the back of my mind was really two number one it was since entering into this what we would call this fandom or the like i guess the online presence of this fandom i've seen a lot of people using that phrase your snoke theory sucks in a weaponized fashion that they've been they you know even if it started as a joke people have been throwing it around as a as some form of criticism and having been trained academically it's not a form of criticism it's it's just this spontaneous um thing that people were using to really attack other people i saw a a friend of mine i'm not going to name names but i I saw a friend of mine on on twitter have it happen to them that that this was thrown at um Mm -hmm. and and i saw other people you know trashing their snow and it and it finally like i i i sort of I, I was getting tired of it. And then on the, the other hand, and this has always been at the back of my mind, is this Star Wars, at the end of the day, is really for kids. Yeah. It's it's for 10-year-olds. It's for 12-year-olds. It's for 14-year-olds. Um, the eighth graders that I work with right now, um, I have so many so, that, that some of them have never seen Star Wars before and others have... Um, have loved Star Wars for years. But it really... It... it 
the thing that sort of pushed me over the top and said, okay, I need to say something about this and why I don't think anything somebody theorizes about sucks is because I would not want that phrase or or any phrase like it to be directed at a 12 year old because I don't yeah. think it has any place in this. As an adult, if you want to tell me that something as a 31 year old man, that, that what I think sucks, fine, go for it. But <laughs> right. if you want to tell a 12 year old that, or you want to come to the, to the middle school I work at and tell these students that, you're going to have to go through me to even get to them first. Because that's not how, that's not what I teach them. That's not how we're, we should be interacting with them. And that's just, as adults, we should be modeling positive behavior for the younger fans at the end of the day. Bravo. Bravo, Mr. Jeff Gaggle. That was that 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 was beautiful. That was perfect because being a teacher as well and somebody who's in the education community a lot and to teach kids the right way of being online citizens as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's a really important thing. And again, I mean, I'm twenty-three years old. I'm still a youngster in many ways. I don't have any kids. I don't have a wife and I'm enjoying it right now. I'm taking my time. Definitely. You can and, afford all the stuff behind you right now. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's very true um the beauty of this community and i say this all the time and it's something we like to talk about here on talking star wars all the time is that it is about the star wars community it's about bringing people together and being positive role models just not for young people but even to ourselves being able to yeah, share yeah. these experiences being able to share films being able to come on here and talk star wars with people who are passionate about it and have lived this this universe throughout their lives. One of the things we like to do here on the podcast network, when we like to wrap up the show, it's a little thing we like to call plug time. And that is where you can share where we, people can find you on social media, where they can find Imperial talkers stuff. And basically what's going on with you. Uh, yeah. So you can find my site at uh, imperialtalker.com. Uh, I pretty much post, you know, maybe three times a month on there. Uh, I just had a, a recent post where uh, I wrote a bunch of haiku about Ahsoka. So that if you're into to really cheesy syllabic poetry, uh, that a 31 year old man going on 32 in two weeks uh, writes, then then I'm I'm your guy. Um, but uh, yeah, but I that I, I do a lot of things on the site. Do uh, you know? Sometimes I, I dig into to one topic, uh, maybe into the force, maybe into a character. Share some ideas about what I'd like to have happen in the future. Um, and otherwise, you can find me at Imperial Talker on Twitter. Uh, I'm always up for a conversation. And 70% of what I do on Twitter are just really bad jokes that don't land with anybody. So I apologize for that. Come for the 30% of stuff that actually makes sense. <laughs> beautifully said, beautifully said. And I just have to say, Jeff, one of my favorite things when I go on Twitter for the podcast network or whether I'm going on to post something on my personal Twitter is watching you and Andrew in Belfast go back and forth that is some <laughs> of the most entertaining twitter stuff out there and i have to give you two thumbs up for that because that's some of the best star wars conversation that i have ever seen well we have some good ones and then i just antagonize him about whether both ends are in rogue one um <laughs> just to continue to bother him about that so many bothans died to bring us this information i'm gonna find one i swear i am gonna find a bothan in that movie <laughs> 
and now I'm going to get hit for for saying that. Somebody on Twitter will tell me no. No, there's no, no that's okay. Me. That's the best part about these conversation guys. So make sure to head on over to imperialtalker.com. Make sure to follow Jeff Imperial Talker over on Twitter. Always great stuff happening over there. We always like to retweet his content and we'd love to share it with all of our fans as well. You can follow me Mr. Vote Tweets on twitter you can also send me a friend request on facebook make sure to check out the brick city blockade podcast network page on facebook make sure to check it out on twitter make sure to head on over to the star wars podcast awards.com and make sure to vote for the brick city blockade for best new show for 2016 2017 and hey so we're talking for star guys, wars so, yeah hey, there, there we go, go. nice <laughs> we got a vote that's awesome hey that, that's the only vote that counts really in our book um <laughs> Thank you guys for watching Talk Talking Star Wars here on YouTube. Make sure to check out the audio on iTunes this coming week. Of Imperial Talker, this is Robin Vote of the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. And as we say on the network here, may the force be with you. And with you. <laughs>